0: You know, it's hard to tell this story, my story, without bringing that up. Especially like the way that I came into becoming Parker Haynes um, and the empowering moment of that. You can't, I cannot tell that story without not talking about my family. One of the first people that I told that I was gay and Um, she brought me out to Minneapolis and showed me like the gay community and I was like well that's where I belong so as soon as I could I moved myself there to be able to live my freely as a gay human being and um, that was like you know step number one and then it just kept going from there I just kept finding more of my own tribe community people uh, to help me grow and find language to help define myself and find myself, if you will. I mean, it's not safe out there. So being able to find a community of safety definitely lent its way towards me being like, okay, I can express myself this way. I can come out and be this person. Um, I can, you know, when I, before I... I use the word trans to describe myself, or that I use they them pronouns, there was a time that I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, I think it's probably because I, it was definitely <laughs> describing me and I was afraid of it. You know, it's like, I don't know. I don't get it. No, I don't get it because it's me. You're talking about me. Oh, God, what do I do? Yeah, gender, gender is so crazy. You're you're just you're just one gender or another gender and there's no in-between and the world doesn't really cater to any in-between or that you can like one way or the other without giving you these labels that really all the connotations are negative and so you're just like what who am i
1: welcome to the inspired astrology podcast this is lauren k hickman Let's take a moment. Check in. Where are your, Where is your butt right now? <laughs> where are your hands right now? Take a breath. Gemini season. Here we are. We have arrived into the busy, mutiful, mutable and beautiful air sign, air element energy of this season of change of frequency of nervous system of overload of so many things 10,000 things as they say and I just want to welcome you and thanks for understanding that I didn't post a podcast last week. I definitely had the interviews for it but not the bandwidth which is a good lesson to me in the energy of this season. As an astrologer, I am not impervious to the forces that be and the way that this triggers my chart, my ability to get things done. And boy, have there been a lot of things. Had my first uh, pop-up astrology with Terrestrial Tuesday at Freight 38, thanks to Grace DeAmour, the tarot reader here in town in Milwaukee. Very grateful for that event to all the readers, all the beautiful people, Cameron, Alex, Frankie, Zekia, and so many more. Um, It was such a wonderful evening and I got to make some connections and meet the community here in Milwaukee and I had no expectations and it was such a beautiful gift to be doing readings in person again. Strange times. I don't know if you've been experiencing the whole mask on, mask off in indoor spaces I think that we're all just there's you know there's a little unclear about what protocol or actually what what's polite even right now, so just you know trust your boundaries, do your thing, take care of you, um, communicate all the good stuff that we do in Gemini season. Uh, I am really excited to share this episode with you today. I have Parker Aurora Haines on, and they are. Their story is so Gemini in so many ways, but their story is an inspiration. Parker's pronouns are they, them, trans non-binary performer, burlesque artist, extraordinaire in Chicago, and I am so lucky because I met Parker through the Drag King event uh, hosted by Jen Carruthers in Des Moines, Iowa, and Jen has been putting together Drag King for about 10 years, and I actually got to perform in it in my uh, other identity, Libra Rising, in December of 2019 before the whole shit show went down. Uh, But Parker, I met probably in 2015, 2016 when I moved back to Des Moines, back to the Midwest from Brooklyn, and their spouse is one of my childhood dance best friends. And Emily's also a performer, <laughs> so it was so cool to, to connect, reconnect with Emily, but to start developing a relationship with Parker and Emily both as, as friends and as companions in this big crazy world, and we all need people screaming support and cheerleading for us, um, especially in these wild times that we're living in so we'll get into Parker's story again here soon but I wanted to talk to you about all the exciting things that are coming up astrologically so we have the full moon blood moon what is it? it is so close to earth this big full moon eclipse on Wednesday morning 6 14 a.m. if you were in central standard time so it's a Sagittarius full moon opposite of the Gemini sun energy and lots of expansion possibilities. I was contemplating this morning and I thought about how finish everything that you touch was some guidance from one of my Reiki masters, uh, my teacher's teacher. Before she transitioned in 2007, I was able to take a couple classes with Joy Renee. um, And that was one of the things that she mentioned. Finish everything you touch and evolve everything that you touch. But the finishing what my early understanding of this was is that to finish something is not necessarily to complete it. I'll say that again, to finish something is not necessarily to complete it. Not everything that you touch is yours to finish. And the image of dandelion, which are so prevalent and so abundant right here in the Midwest, there's just tons of fuzzy dandelions and other upsetting pollen allergies coming in but dandelions are such a sweet flower i think they're so common and so special for so many reasons but dandelion cycle is really speaking to this eclipse energy for me anyway you know this full moon in sagittarius opposing the gemini sun so imagine the, you know, the yellow happy dandelion flowers just like bursting into the dry poof balls, tossing seeds, tossing ideas and hopes and ambitions and wishes out to the universe. And let's see what will seed. And then the cycle starts again. What sticks? What grows? And then what fruit does that bear? What does that come into? However, this is a this is a retrograde eclipse season right? We have Mercury moving into retrograde on the 29th. Saturn moved into retrograde, stationed retrograde uh, yesterday. Wow, Sunday. So we have these, these really kind of important planets that are asking us to hold back, stand still. Our inner elder, Saturn, and the eternally youthful Mercury stationing retrograde. So Saturn's station position is going to be really important to this year's astrology along with Mercury's. And we have two kind of um, different energies that these two take on. But, you know, Saturn being representative of our fears, but also the bones and structure and foundation and the kind of form, right, that, that makes everything take shape. So Saturn stationing retrograde to me feels a lot about boundary work. And also about getting getting right with yourself and figuring out what have I been avoiding, where have I been playing too much, like kid kid stuff, playing too much, especially in Gemini season. It's really easy to be like, oh, I want to do all the things. But uh, did you get that parking violation taken care of? <laughs> did you get your taxes taken care of? And Saturn has been in an ongoing square with Uranus this year. And you can go back a few episodes to hear my conversation with Ryan Evans about that particular energy. And you'll hear me say over and over again, this is about making space for the new by dealing with the old stuff that needs to be dealt with. So that's that's kind of something to consider, you know, boundary work, doing the grown-up things. And a re restructuring, if you will, and Mercury, you know, big part of Gemini season. Mercury station will offer a slow conjunction with Neptune, the planet of dreams and our unconscious connection to one another and to the divine. So dreams and their realization are at the forefront. What do you want to bring into reality? Also, what shadow work and inner child work is refuse and fit? for the compost heap. Gemini season is, it's, you know, that word mutable. It never made sense to me when I was younger, but it's this idea of like movement, adaptability, change, willing to move, willing to to sort of like fly on the seat of your pants, like to move with the energy of the moment. And that is very much Gemini's way. And I I think it's hard to talk about Gemini, which is funny enough because Gemini is very much a vocal and conversational kind of energetic uh, the talking, the curiosity, the connection with neighbors, the connection with your community, finding your people, finding who you connect with and who you love and you care for, finding what interests you, finding what turns you on in a way I think makes sense as well. But this, this adaptability and this sort of electric, mercurial energy, the nervous system, the hands, expression, those are all big pieces of Gemini's way of moving through the world And it's hard to describe, again, because it is always on the move. There's always 10,000 things to be done. There's always (laughs) so much to grapple with. Even those are kind of like word movements, right? The spinning plates and kind of staying on your toes and paying attention. In Gemini, the word perspective is a really important piece to consider, especially if you have Gemini aspects in your chart. We all do, you know, it depends on what house that it drops in. Even if you don't have any planets in Gemini, we still all have those pieces. So perspective is when we soften, when we don't hold expectations that create craziness in our internal world, (laughs) where we allow ourselves to be adaptable and to let others know what we want what we want to connect with and not overstretching yourself so that you let people down which then you might beat yourself up about it right especially if you're kind of sensitive that way so mercury is the is the ruler of of gemini so each zodiac sign or season in astrology has a connected ruling planet you know in a a dispositor, if you will, someone to kind of hold the energy or the space of that planet. And they're very different energies. The planets are not the zodiac signs and vice versa. But often there's a correlative energy where they sort of connect with one another. And Mercury and Gemini, is it's a perfect match, in my opinion. This inner child, the playfulness, the duality. And Mercury, as far back as Ptolemy's Tetrabiblos, which is one of the first, I think it is the first text on astrology and and using astronomy and psychology together, lands Mercury as androgynous, something that doesn't fit between that third gender, that thing that can move between those spaces. And I think of, of children, you know, with Gemini and, and children do have an androgynous aspect because they're not, you know, seeking sex in early life. You know, it, it's not about sex or gender. It's about being and that that being energy is so much about Gemini and just the expression and play and joy of this beautiful, precious energy of the season. So then I think about the word, you know, trans because of Mercury or Hermes Trismegistus' uh, association with alchemy and transformation. So if you look up trans as a, you know, part of words, part of definitions, parts of the way we speak, we use, we use transformation, transmutation, transformative, like all of these words to go across and beyond on or to the other side of to move through into another state or place surpassing transcending and mercury's sort of placement in greek mythology is about navigating the space between the heavens and the underworld right and mercury the messenger The messenger who moves ideas and concepts through emotional, mental, physical planes, through above into reality. And we all have Mercury because we have minds and ways of communicating. Mercury is definitely part of our chart and kind of uh, can help you to understand what your definition, like what works for you and the way that you communicate and transmit and bring through how you bring ideas into this reality, how you create your life Thought preceding reality, thoughts bringing about manifestation. So I don't do drama during Mercury retrograde season, but I think that you know, if you've started something, like especially when it comes to writing or communications or connections, uh, work on that. Don't start new things. You know I know a lot of astrologers don't even start seeing new clients during the Mercury retrograde season and some of us have mercury retrograde in our chart and actually it's like a great time you feel very active and normal there's no problems there it just depends on the person of course you know this being an eclipse this week and then another one on june 10th just want to mention that's so you have the full moon sagittarius eclipse on wednesday and then the new moon on the 10th of june eclipses offer this portal this vortex this wobble or blip in time it's like uh It's like a vortex opening or like another dimension opening. And I don't know if I would not do your rituals or your magic or charge stones or any of those kind of things. I I think intention is everything and maybe you can take a wild card and do that kind of work. But I really don't think there'll be time for it. I think that we're all going to be facing our own expression and understanding of where Sagittarius, Gemini, polarity fits in our chart if you have you know north node south node and that that uh, polar opposite energy or if you are sag or gemini or if you have any mutable signs uh mutable planets in your own makeup you know look towards those degrees those earlier degrees and pay attention and get in touch if you have some questions we can go over your chart together i want you to feel like you that you know yourself and that you have that ability I think that's all I'm going to share. I'm going to get the moon mailer out tomorrow. So if you haven't signed up for my moon mailer, please do so because I send it out twice a month. It's full of my brain, all of the poetry and, you know, weird coming abouts that I have in my own mind. Um, Yeah, so you can find that at laurenkhickman.com. Oh gosh, duality, duality. There you go. Feminine, masculine, light, dark shadow integration above below you know there's this material and spiritual aspect of gemini this integration point between what is real and what's not real or what's important and what's not important i think gemini gets a hard time in mundane astrology about being sort of superficial or above board Um, but i think gemini really shows us a lot about the twin inside of us, that energy inside of us, the, the part of ourselves that may not see the light all the time, and how we can uncover and unravel that energy for ourselves just through paying attention, through listening to the voice within, listening to the body instead of the mind. There's a lot of wisdom in the body when you listen. I hate saying that anxiety is, you know, soul speaking to you. But sometimes souls got to get loud enough for you to hear that something's wrong, that you need to pay attention, that you have to do something different, that you should seek help. This is an anxiety-riddled time of year. We're all busy and we're trying to break out of this stasis that we've been in for over a year, you know? Or don't. Stay home. No one's, no one's going to get mad at you. You're not, you're not doing anything wrong. Just take care of yourself and communicate. I was interviewed last Friday um, by Haley Nischel, who is, she is Breath of Rebellion. She is a pranayama and kriya yoga instructor. Uh, It's not an asana practice as much as it is a transformational practice using breath work and intentional movement to help rewire your brain and rewire your parasympathetic nervous system. It's pretty incredible. Uh, My partner, Timothy, and I have been utilizing... Just a really simple 15-minute practice since October last year. And I went in saying, I'm exhausted. I have no energy. I'm anxious. I can't seem to get shit done. I can't focus. I'm, I'm a hot mess, and I'm depressed, and I, and I can't be dragging myself through every day feeling this bad. And it was pretty incredible to see the transformation that happened for me just through something as simple as 15 minutes a day of waving my arms in the air and breathing intentionally. So you can find mine and Haley's interview on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts. That's Breath of Rebellion with Haley Nishal. And you should definitely check out her work online. She is constantly putting out a host of workshops related to astrological events. And she has just taken a masterclass in Jyotish, which is an Aura or Vedic tradition, the Vedic astrology, which is a very different form than Western astrology using the same symbols and Um, they're, they're aligned. They're just a different, uh, Just a different way of viewing the same information. Um, And that that will include lots of uh, activities, breathwork, stones. There's different therapies that come with the Jotish as uh, medicinal therapy as well. So get on Haley's schedule if you get a chance to. Those sessions are about two hours if you do a full one, one hour for the shorter one. And, of course, her breath workshops and her private sessions are unbelievable. So do check that out, Breath of Rebellion and the podcast. Getting into the nitty-gritty with this one over here. Um, I share my story, some of the bruised bits, uh, my vulnerable bits, my very human bits. So uh, go check that out when you get a chance to. Um, today I'm, I'm recording this this part of the episode on May 25th, and I just want to honor uh, George Floyd, say his name, and to remember how how we all felt a year ago and what it was like to see our country burst into flames in the wake of this soul's life being taken from him. He was murdered by Derek Chauvin and we're seeing justice, but there is so much more work to be done in changing the system, upgrading, updating, Uh, So please get involved where you can, if that's just calling senators, if that's writing letters, if that's talking about racism in your life uh, with your friends and family, speaking up against harmful speech and language. I can focus on that during Gemini season, that uh, it's all of our responsibility to hold each other accountable for our actions. That's how community works, is that we hold each other accountable and we can change. You can change. Uh, don't beat yourself up for the follies of the past. I think that we're all seeing how messed up (laughs) historically white supremacy has been. And it's really hard to even watch old films or old television because we, we see the harms done that was socially acceptable even just 10, 20 years ago. We can evolve. And I encourage you to just keep reading, keep informing yourself, study theory, and all of that's being updated every day. So be flexible, move with the punches, question yourself, talk to your therapist about it, talk to your friends about it. This affects all of us, all of us. And those with privilege uh, have more responsibility to not silence ourselves and to to hold our community accountable, hold other white-bodied people accountable, and to support, nurture, and uphold people who've been historically oppressed because of white supremacy. And I, you know, I haven't done this before, but I, I would really love to start supporting organizations that are sort of on topic or on theme for the month's event mm-hmm. events. And, you know, I talk about race. Uh, we talk about race in this episode with Parker. Uh, I just, Mention George Floyd's murder and all of the names that need to be said and remembered as we go through this very ugly transition period. Very, um, very sad. Uh, And in this field, the spectrum of those who've been oppressed, uh, trans individuals specifically, experience so much violence, so much self-harm, mental illness. Uh, The rates of suicide or suicide attempts are very alarming within the trans community. And I just want to shout out to local organizations like the Milwaukee LGBTQ Center. Um, That's a community center that offers mental health and wellness and recovery meetings and um, trans and queer meetup groups, to support those who are transitioning or who have been there a long time and and just need the fellowship, who need the community to continue to grow and to uphold and uplift themselves. So that's mkelgbt.org. That's a community center here. Of course, local organizations, uh, my home state, uh, I think of One Iowa specifically, Um, there is so much To be done with legislation and I think that these organizations really help support that. A big one is the National Center for Transgender Equality. National Center for Transgender Equality has been fighting for years now uh, to bring legislation and equal rights to trans individuals. And I think another worthy organization uh, to donate to, there's GLAAD, G-L-A-A-D, and of course the Trevor Project. And the Trevor Project, of course, having sad roots, um, but really doing outreach, education, support, Uh, all of those things. So any of these organizations, I think are well worth a $10, $20, $100 donation, whatever you have access to excess of so that you can help support people in this in this critical time. So without further ado, I'm inviting Parker Haynes on. I hope you'll enjoy this interview. Kay Apothecary is a metaphysical supply store based in Mount Vernon, Iowa. Offering essential oils, custom tea blends, home goods. Right now, they're having a 40% off their summer book sale. And Kay, what I love most is the community aspect. Uh, Andrea Gorsch there is such a warm, amazing, fiery human. And she's there to hold space to host a variety of workshops, classes, and events aligned with goals towards improving the lives of those in the community. You can find a variety of metaphysical studies, moon circles, sound healing, aromatherapy, modern mysticism, and witchcraft, along with astrology, tarot, and of course Andrea's numerology sessions, which are a gem. Um, Kay believes that there's an ability to continue learning and growing at any point in your journey. Right now, currently, all the community events are happening virtually. But as things change, uh, that will open up. But you can find a full update of their schedule on Facebook or Instagram anytime. Uh, You can find that in the the uh, podcast link and stories. But stay in the know by signing up for their monthly event newsletter. And they even have get this a snail mail newsletter, which is pretty magical in this current day and age. You can sign up to attend workshops and classes there on their website. Kapothecary.com. That's K A E A P O T H E C A R Y. K Apothecary in Mount Vernon, Iowa. And always available online. Hey, Parker. Hello. Hey. So I was thinking about how, well, actually, the first time that I met you, You didn't know me because I was out in an audience (laughs) (laughs) and I was so enamored with your spirit and your vitality. And I mean, I think my jaw just hit the floor. I was so in awe of seeing you. And that that was probably in 2015 in Des Moines at Jen Carothers production, Drag King. Mm -hmm. And the funniest part was finding out that you were the spouse of one of my childhood (laughs) dear friends who is a, is a, you know, a dancer. And I feel like the universe like brought us together. (laughs) So happy.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: But I, I want to, I would just love to hear how you got into, you know, becoming a, a, a drag king into drag king burlesque and whatever you identify as a performer, but you as a human being, um, and that that journey for yourself and that that self-expression, I think, and that curiosity and that I guess that like that childhood wonder that I see in you every time <laughs> we spend time together. I, I would love to hear your story, Parker.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, wow. Yeah, that was a that was a great, great time in, at Drag King. Um, well, uh, let's see. How I began doing drag was um, really just by chance I was managing a clothing store and um, I had often employed the uh, (laughs) local LGBTQ (laughs) um, teenagers and college students in town. And in doing so, they were having like a college drag show and they asked me to be in it. So that was my first time ever doing drag. Uh, I didn't really actually probably even know what it meant, Um, just that they wanted me to do it. And I was like, okay, well, lip sync, Um, sure, I can do that. Put on a different persona, that sounds like fun. And I think once I did that and I could really embrace a male persona um, and it be exactly what like an audience wanted to see, I was like hooked. Um, And I would only honestly say that doing drag was um, probably not probably, but definitely the um, catalyst in my journey in my expression of not. Of not only my gender, but just of my authentic self, you know, all around, it just really began to use being on stage um, to tell a story that I was trying to figure out about myself. And throughout the years of doing it, I realized that I was also helping other people figure out that story that was similar to mine which is why I continued to do it. But that's really how it began was just um, being on stage and like putting on like, I'm using air quotes, but you know, male clothing and like putting on a mustache and gender bending, if you will, um, in that that way. And then just adding burlesque to that was just just even more of an expression because at the time I... um, had had top surgery, and I was when I would do burlesque in my drag. I would be like male persona, but then I would I would strip and you know show off my female born body, and it was just like my I would have people tell me that I just had a dialogue with about gender without actually having a conversation with someone, and I always really liked that, and I just continued to do that in my drag and my performance style um, to, to date, in fact.
1: <laughs> I, I think that whoever made that claim about the way that you communicate through performance, through your body, your facial expressions, the choice of music, and the clothing, that's, a, that's absolutely on point. I couldn't have said that better. <laughs> uh, I, I think that because you're so genderful you know, the way that you Mm -hmm. express yourself. And, you know, I mean, I'd love to hear about when, when your non-binary identity came in. I mean, it sounds like you, the clothing store was in Minnesota or where were you at that time?
0: Uh, Yes, I, I was in St. Cloud, Minnesota, actually. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Is that where you grew up or? No,
0: no, I grew up in my dad was in the Air Force. I was born in California. I lived in the Philippines. I mostly grew up, if you will, in South Dakota, Brookings South Dakota. So I went to middle school, high school, and most of my years of college in South Dakota. And oh then, um, <laughs> you know, it was, <sighs> wow, processing child self as an adult and like, really like Processing, like, where I've lived and what the environment, how the environment really shaped who I was at that time is really interesting because I, I feel like I've, I definitely was uh, stifled in a way of, like, expressing who I really wanted to be, even as a kid, um, because of my environment. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it was definitely like, uh, it's definitely hard to grow up as a uh, one of like four or five black children in Brookings, South Dakota, um, being like a super tomboy um, in, the, in that atmosphere as well was also difficult. I never really felt like I could really express myself. I felt a lot about, uh, felt a lot of pretending and like just kind of catering to the masses because I didn't want to be, you know, children are cruel and I didn't want to be labeled.
1: Ostracized. Yeah. 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 You want to be a part of.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't, I never, I never did get away with it. I didn't come away from high school unscathed um, in the, uh, name calling and the assumptions. I definitely got pegged as being gay um, while I was in high school and my locker got um, ransacked and they wrote some pretty nasty things on my locker. Mm -hmm. Um, And after that happened, I actually went out and got the first boyfriend that I could find and had all kinds of public makeout sessions with him just so that people would leave me alone. So
1: what's that called having a beard the opposite direction?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, really, I maybe it's not the opposite for me as I find myself to be very fluid and so even if I had that language when I was a kid, I guess I would have probably been like I like everyone. Leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> but I definitely could not um express my uh leaning towards liking the ladies, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know where we were going with this one, but uh, that was oh, growing up in South Dakota. Yeah. It uh, was definitely, I moved out of South Dakota when I was 22 um, to Minneapolis because um, I had some high school friends that moved there and were actually one of the first people that I told that I was gay and um, she brought me out to Minneapolis and showed me like the gay community. And I was like, well, that's where I belong. So as soon as I could, I moved myself there to be able to live my freely as a gay human being. And um, that was like, you know, step number one. And then it just kept going from there. I just kept finding more of my own tribe community people uh, to help me grow and find language to help define myself and find myself if you will yeah yeah
1: it's it's an incredible journey I mean I think growing up uh we're we're kind of we're pretty close in the same generation I think we're a few years apart but Um, it's changed so much in our lifetimes and I, it used to be just like, you're gay. And now there's this whole spectrum of like, you get to be so many different things and so many different parts of that, that expression of what it means to be human. And for you to start off as like, you know, being harassed and, you know, I don't know if you identify as pansexual or, you know, what, what that journey from like, I'm gay into you know, trans non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, what what did the steps like that look like for you? You found your community, which is so essential to to finding our authentic voice, you know, when we see ourselves represented in other people?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I really feel like when I think about all of the people who have come into my life and my path, some are still in it, some aren't. but I've really, truly just been so blessed and in, in, in finding human beings to kind of set me on a path of knowledge and um, safety, really. I mean, because in order to find yourself in this way, um, you have to feel safe, you know because the outside world is, definitely does not is not catered to, to, to difference, right? I mean, it's not safe out there. So being able to find a community of safety definitely lends its way towards me being like, okay, I can express myself this way. I can come out and be this person. Um, I can, you know, when I, before I, I used the word trans to describe myself or that I use they them pronouns, There was a time that I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, I think it's probably because it was definitely (laughs) describing me and I was afraid of it. You know, it's like, I don't know. I don't get it. No, I don't get it because it's me. You're talking about me. Oh, God, what do I do? Um, So, um, you know, I would say like the friendship circles that I kept um, definitely helped with that. A lot of performance spaces, Uh, the burlesque community, the drag community has really helped with that too. Cause you know, you get to explore so much when you're on stage doing that kind of performance. Um, Just, it's like, you're just playing with like what you've always wanted to but no one ever gave you a chance to, you know? Put on a tie, take it off. You know, like you. you yeah. I don't think that my parents would have ever let me run around in a suit. You know, I was always given pink and purple and frilly things, and uh, yeah, gender gender is so crazy. You're you're just you're just one gender or another gender, and there's no in between and the world doesn't really cater to any in between or that you can like one way or the other without giving you these labels that really all the connotations are negative. And so you're just like, what, who am I? But finding spaces like the burlesque community and the drag community where you're like, this is who I am today. And everyone like not only applauds, applauds you, but throws money at you is pretty amazing. <laughs>
1: I, I think that um, the idea of play, playing with clothing, like clothing being gender expression,
0: mm, mm-hmm. it seems
1: absurd. Like the more I think about it,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, what, like, how is the tie only male? And I mean, we, we know that we go back in history and like men wore heels and men wore yes. tights and they wore wigs. And sure. and so there's always been this fluidity switching from one side to the other. Um, and You know, I'm curious how, like you said that you've been accepted as you've sort of changed your identity. And I think that maybe somebody out there needs to hear that who might be changing their pronouns or trying to, to find their journey. Um, You know, how, how would you hold a torch for a younger version of yourself, Parker?
0: Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. I mean, yes, that's the thing is, is that you have to be, you have to know that you're Okay. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, and you have to you have to be okay with letting go of things and people that don't allow you to be your best, most authentic self. And that's probably the hardest part because you know we ha- we want to like, please, people and find acceptance in like family members and your childhood friends but really there's just a whole world of people out there waiting to embrace you and to hold you and for who you are authentically Um, and so letting go of of those blueprints that we tell ourselves that you have to be this way to please mom or please dad or please grandma and grandpa or please you know your best friend that you've been best friends with for 20 years it's just like you have to let go of that and that's okay it's okay it'll hurt but it's okay you will be better off doing so i mean i i wish that i would have known a lot of things that I know now, even in my 20s, I feel like I would have saved myself a lot of heartbreak and harm, and not only to myself, but in relationships, because I was just always just so afraid all the time that I was never truly, I didn't even know who I was. I didn't really know what my true feelings were. Um, and I i would I would just, really hope that the sooner someone is able to become um, like, I, the more that the thriving will happen, you know, Um, I once heard someone say, um, are you surviving? Or are you thriving? And that has been kind of a mantra that I have in my head sometimes when I like, go through, you know, you can go through the motions a lot where you're just like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm going through the daily grind, this is it. And then you just are like set in motion, you're going through it and then you realize you're like, oh, wait, am I surviving or am I thriving? Am I just kind of going through the motions or am I really doing me right now? Is this job doing, is this job just a job or am I, you know, am I thriving in this job? Is it like feeding me? Am I feeding? Um, I, you know, is this relationship feeding me like all those things? And I think that, um, you know, (laughs) the, the more honest that you can be with who you are and, and just not apologizing for that is, it's just, it's It's an amazing experience feeling, and I'm so happy to have been able to find my way there to be honest
1: mm-hmm. how do you how do you register truth for yourself and you know as a as a gemini sun sign i'm <laughs> i'm curious like how you sort of move through like the mental realms like did you overthink this process for yourself did you feel embodied like how i mean how did you kind of register this in your being
0: hmm. well i mean being a gemini is <laughs> I is like, you know, I have a very inquisitive nature. I'm really back and forth about a lot. Um, I have to know the why about everything. And I really just am such a truth seeker, which comes in like the why, why I ask why about a lot of things. Um, But I think that, you know, just, that just comes also with like knowing yourself. Um, I, I've always, I've always said I'm a true Gemini. <laughs> like I am. I, I'm. I'm. I, I and I love it. I absolutely love that I am the way that I am. Mm. Um. I I would say that my inquisitive nature has really helped me I guess continue to seek what is true for me because you know we have a lot of things in front of us right now um, with social media and um, the internet that can define something for you like a lot of what it means to be non-binary or trans or non-binary trans or pansexual or you fill in the blank you you know you there's a hashtag for it or there's this or that for it and then when you seek it online you're like that's um this is what that looks like oh this is what i should look like if i'm trans non-binary right um and i think i've fallen into some definitely some social media traps of like this is visually aesthetically what my body should look like if i'm this person um but I think my inquisitive nature has also questioned, like, that. And and though I have fallen into some spaces where, like, I've gone along with what, the, what I think this looks like, if it doesn't, like, resonate with me and sit well with me and my spirit and my body, then I question it and then I move on from it or seek some other answer. Um, I'm just one of those people that really listens to my body a lot. Mm. Um, my body definitely tells me when something is awry, um, whether it's uh, just like generally energetic or if it's like, and sometimes when I'm not listening to that, it'll speak louder and it'll manifest physically in my body,
1: you know? Yeah.
0: Um. So I, I, I would say that that has... That part of myself has been very helpful in in a continuation of just this journey of of self care and seeking self um that I'm on uh you know and every day you know i'm I'm gonna be forty eight next month and I wouldn't tell you that I have landed on the finished product yet <laughs> by any means,
1: yeah when when did you know you were non-binary, Parker?
0: Mm, I think when I really found the language to describe that, um, I I knew that. So you know, I think maybe ten years ago or so. I wow. Time goes by so fast. Um, I would say about 10 to 11. When I was still living in Minneapolis, um, I worked at a gay bar and I met um, some trans men and I became really good friends with them and I watched their journeys. And... I was pretty sure that that wasn't me because I didn't have a desire to be a man. Mm -hmm. And I never really felt a hundred percent woman. So I was like somewhere in between, but I didn't know what that word was. You know, there wasn't really, I don't know if we were using non-binary 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. Um, at least not in my circles. Um, And so I think that I probably came upon that word when it when I became introduced to it maybe four or five years ago, um, and even then I maybe didn't um, claim it entirely um, because again I didn't feel safe to. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: yeah. I mean, these are these are such like. Layered conversations because, you know, um, defining like, like I really, I really felt connected to the trans community. Mm -hmm. Um, I really felt like being trans was definitely my story, but I didn't want to be a man. I didn't want to go from being one, one binary gender to another binary gender. I really felt very fluid in both. I, I, I have um, masculine energy and feminine energy, you know, like, and I used those in air quotes too, because, you know, I don't, I don't really, I, I don't really know how I feel about gendering everything, you know, in -hmm. in those respects, but, um, but just for like what we know and understand, um, until we un-understand those things, I'll use those words, um,
1: Ununderstand. okay i love that <laughs> is that a word can well, i use that <laughs> yeah i i think you just discovered the word i mean i i often talk about unlearning you know like we have to unlearn things yeah and, re- and yeah. break the box you know this binary box that we're yeah. living in but we yes. don't have the words for it yet and i, right. and I think that l- language has been so limiting and i f- i feel like you're doing a great job expressing some of these frustrations Um, yeah and I I I see you like I see pictures that you posted from you as a child and that version of yourself and then sort of naming and reclaiming yourself and as an adult human and I I think you know from my understanding in our conversations that like you you found like you found like the best expression of yourself to date and that's that's it was a dangerous choice in a lot of ways. And I I, I want to get around to trans safety concerns because I don't think a lot of people know trans people. And you talked about community versus like your community versus everybody else out there. And how fucking alienating is that <laughs> when when you kind of like it's not that you stick with your own. You know, I mean, that's kind of a, a Gemini thing, too, that that like idea of community and the people closest to us. Mm mm-hmm. But um, I think I asked like five questions there. Sorry, <laughs> that's okay.
0: You want to narrow it down to one for me to hit on?
1: Oh. <laughs> um, let's start with uh, claiming your name. You know, when you when you had your name change, and oh yeah, you know maybe if you want to talk about your family stuff, or we can totally not talk about that. Oh, no,
0: I, you know it's hard to tell this story, my story, without bringing that up, especially like the way that I came into becoming Parker Haynes um, and the empowering moment of that you can't I cannot tell that story without not talking about my family. Um, but as you spoke of you know my my beautiful spouse, your friend um, and I got married uh, some. I guess we're going to be seven years married this year. Woo. Time does does go by so fast when you're having a good time. Um, We got married and my um, parents didn't come to my wedding. um, And they didn't tell me they weren't coming to my wedding until the day before my wedding. So I simultaneously had one of the most amazing, joyous days of my life and one of the most heartbreaking days of my life. Um, on the same day, uh, which is a lot of processing still, uh, this many, many years later. Um, but, um, when we got married, we decided we were going to hyphenate our last names. And then after we got married, I think that I, you know, just processing that heartbreak, I was like, you know, I don't really actually want to keep this name, um, and I, I don't think I want to keep any of my birth name. It doesn't fit me. It's not me. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it when people call me my birth name. Um, I just, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Um, I think I was really, be really learning that, um, I had been trying to pretend to be someone that I wasn't for people who couldn't even show up for me on the happiest day of my life. And so I let that go because my wedding was one of the most beautiful, man, just just thinking about all the chosen family that showed up for me Mm -hmm. Um, and Emily, what really is just, it's just... It feels it fills my heart. Like it's just one of those moments where you're just like, yeah, this is my family, and so I can go. F- I can go forward from this heartbreak because I have so many people who support me, and in that, um, I think I just found the the words, the voice, the courage to be like, I really want to change my name, and um, I changed my name. All of it. All. All my whole entire name to Parker Aurora Haynes, and um, that that moment of changing my name and signing my name the first time I had to sign the document with that felt. It felt so natural. It it was like I've always been signing my name, Parker Haynes. Um, and so you just have moments of those those. Realities of like, this is what I've been waiting for is like changing my name to Parker Haynes, becoming Parker Haynes, having all of my legal documents say Parker Haynes, having my jobs be like, you know, like instantly changing everything, schedules, paychecks, you know, to Parker was just like all this affirmation that like, you are okay. All you had to do was say something. All you had to do was say, this is me, and you'll have the support to help you continue to be you. You're not alone. Just say something, don't hold it in, don't be afraid. People have you. And I just continued to do that. Um, And that was just like this trickle effect of being like, okay, well, I changed my name. And then I think that summer I was like, I think I wanna have top surgery. And again, I was just met with not only support from my partner, but my community and, and they just came through with like fundraisers and support and food trains and just, just all kinds of love. And then having top surgery and as, and changing my body physically to match how I've always seen myself without breasts um, was just like another moment of like, oh, <laughs> this is just who you are, you know? And then, 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 yes, like you said, language is so important. Finding the language to like match everything because once you do all these things, people assume that you're, because it's all the language that they have is that you're transitioning from female to male. You know, you changed your name to Parker. You are now removing your breasts. So you must want to be... Having to be like, no, I don't, um, I just don't want to be, I just didn't want to have breasts, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like, having this body of, of having this body that I have just like is the definition of me of being trans non-binary is that I am I just have a body that I feel the most genuinely me in. And I mm-hmm. think we should all be able to have that, you know? I think I've rambled. Did I ramble? No,
1: I <laughs> I, I, think, I mean, I'm just like nodding and listening to you and how, how important that's been. And I, I think of your presence is magnetic, Parker. And I can see why it's... <laughs> intimidation is not the term you it's like seeing a unicorn and you're like <laughs> what what who what huh you know and and I think that it does raise a lot of question marks because you have reinvented yourself layer by layer over time you know and of course I didn't know you as 22 year old Parker in your former name like I mm-hmm. I know I know you now and know that you've worked so hard to arrive at this point and really like I'm okay and you have that tattooed on your hand if i remember <laughs> yeah. and you've said it twice in this in this episode and i'm and i'm thinking like what a great mantra to have you know for for anyone struggling out there it's like i'm okay you know check your body fingers and toes like mm-hmm. you know you're okay if you just check in
0: yeah yes
1: parker has has your presence have you felt alienated in, in your new trans body in a way? I mean, I, I, I can't, I guess because I benefit so much from being cis female and, you know, appearing heteronormative that, that I benefit from that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that you've, I, I mean, you're a person of color, you're of mixed ethnicity. So therefore, like you've already had some problems growing up. And then you add on another layer and I mean just in South Dakota or you know what you were talking sure. about. Yeah. Um, so you know I, I'd love for you to bring up trans safety you know for those who are listening and who have no idea what it feels like to feel unsafe and which bathroom do you choose and all of those kind of things. Like what has your experience been that you'd want somebody who's like, you know fits the square box? Like what do you want them to know about? What is it like to be you?
0: Well, I mean, sure. I mean, I've gone through a lot of years of sweating and racing into the bathroom and racing out, um, checking under doors and, you know, like, I mean, bathrooms are just like a whole, we could have a whole podcast on the fear of going to the bathroom. Um, That's, that's, that's a lot of stuff. Um, But yeah, I mean, just, you know, when I think about safety and I think about being trans and feeling safe, um, sometimes I feel like the question is like, what do, and maybe I've also felt like, what do I have to do to keep myself safe? And I think that the more that I think about what is going on in the world with all these bills being passed to keep trans kids out of sports and to really like, or keep medical care away from trans kids is like, you know, it's so harmful. Um, it's so harmful. It's harmful in so many ways. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I think you were probably at one of my performances where I did in at Drag King where I was holding up signs um, talking about suicide. the suicide rates in trans people. Um and I don't wanna lose like my direction of this, but the safety is going to need to start by the work of the the of everyone around us right the community um you my neighbors my my jobs um it's it can't just be me as an individual standing up for myself or like, not not taking um, my my options on a medical form or any form that says male or female and being like, well I'll just check female because that's the closest one and that's what you want to hear. But like being like, hey, I'm not going to actually pick one of these and then feeling safe doing so and not like going into a medical facility and feeling like you're going to not get the care that you deserve because they don't get you, you know, Mm -hmm. um, there's, I mean, the, the levels of unsafety coming out as a trans person is so vast. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, but there's so much work that has to be done around, I mean, just the safety of humans in general who are different, right? Than cis white gen gender white people right I mean there's again a whole nother talk about that but in particularly like for me I can say that it's been very difficult to be trans non-binary and a person of color and going to the doctor for any reason whatsoever because I could go in for a sore throat and have a 30-minute conversation about why I had elective double mastectomy, which I'm like, this has nothing to do with the fact that I have a sore throat. So why are we talking about it? You know? Sounds really exhausting, Parker. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Um, But nonetheless, it's, you know, we have to keep fighting. We have to keep making space for, for transhuman beings in every scenario and jobs in, you know, in the workplace and healthcare and um, housing, you know, every, every place, everything that translates into safety, um, there needs to be a lot of work to be done to uh, allow that for and give people opportunity for that. Yeah, I think it's, I think even talking about safety sometimes brings up a little bit of unsafety for me. <laughs> Because it this year, especially, I feel like I probably have felt the most unsafe I've ever felt, not just in fighting a pandemic, but fighting everything that was so right in my face and sitting at home while during a pandemic, you know, with the world being on fire. But um, I do, I do want to say that, you know, I'm continually trying to uh, make spaces for the trans community and safety by you know, keeping doors open as I walk through them, you know?
1: Um, Through your bravery and through your actions and I mean, it's, it sucks to even use the term bravery to become who you are and what you always knew that you were. I think that's, to me, the, the hardest part that we have these boxes we have to fit in culturally. Like you said, female or male, and that we're finally getting some of the language shifts, but there's so much pushback in that urge to change and to evolve and to be more accommodating and more inclusive. It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is,
0: it is. And it's so, like, it's so, it's so layered, you know? I mean, being, sometimes when I I am asked to tell this, to talk about this for myself or to tell this story about how I've become Parker Haynes and, um, you know, what performing has done for me, um, et cetera, et cetera, it's just, like, it, reminds me of just like another layer that I haven't peeled back yet or just another layer that needs to be talked about um, and and really just how like it's it's not I don't think complicated is the word that I want to use but it's definitely there's definitely a lot it's to uncover and to talk about. When when we were talking, when we're discussing like how we get to a place of safety, it Mm -hmm. isn't. I may may make it look like it's been easy, but it hasn't been by any means. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I I can't imagine not showing out and showing up for my community or or for little me's that are running around the world. You know, I can't Mm -hmm. imagine not doing that.
1: That's, it's really, and that's all for today, folks. Uh, (laughs) uh, No, I I mean, I feel like that's such a beautiful account as complicated as it is because you're not, you know, you're not the elephant man, you know, you're not a circus freak. You are this, this precious, precious being that is, I mean, doing a lot of good work to express yourself. And I think on the stage, um, the, because the type of performance you do is not, it's it's not typical. And I, I think you and I discussed that a bit before that, you know, at first being a drag king, being invited to this college event mm-hmm. and and being like, Oh, well, this is fun and exhilarating and finally get to play with these clothes and to try and these different, you know, versions of myself, these different identities or personas, as you said. And then now you're using that platform when we're not in a pandemic and <laughs> there are stages available. Yeah. Uh you'll have to tell, tell us where you're, um, you're going to be performing if you have anything <laughs> coming up. But uh, I guess I was thinking about that, um, that, that beautiful gown um, that you had made with the tuxedo top and mm-hmm. the transgender flag, uh, mm-hmm. ball gown bottom. I mm-hmm. I'm trying to describe this, and I'll have to post the picture with the episode because it was just heart melting. (laughs) And you, you had a a PowerPoint presentation on in the background Mm -hmm. um, honoring trans, I'm getting chills, Parker, but the trans (laughs) lives, the, the statistics of mental health and suicide and joblessness and violence, all of these things that, that most people, they take for granted because they, they don't, they don't have to, they don't have to think about it. There's a privilege with that. Yeah. And I think you're using this voice of yours and this performative aspect I, I mean it's really powerful and that's why I feel like it's hard for you to define like am I a drag performer? I used to do burlesque. I'm super fun. Like when especially when you and Emily do do acts together that's yeah. super fun.
0: <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I mean it 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 uh Yeah, I mean it, it 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 has to be some of it has to be fun, right? It can't all just be me getting out there and grabbing you by the heart and handing you a box of tissues when I'm done—it's <laughs> got to be a little little fun too. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know when I'm going to be performing again, mm. but um, I have been trying to continue to use um, my. Platform as a performer and use my voice more so in like doing things like this and doing some public speaking. Um,
1: Maybe that's where it'll transition to in a way. Oh, that's funny. I use the word transition. <laughs> where's, where's the hi hat? But I'm um, to, yeah. to, use, to use that opportunity. But um, I know that you have a closet full of beautiful stuff so I feel
0: like yeah I do I do <laughs> yeah
1: how yeah. is how has the pandemic affected you in not having that performative aspect of uh gender fuckery or yeah. I mean do you, do you have you found that you're more comfortable in your skin or do you feel like if you're not being seen that you're going to disappear I I know that sounds really weird and even just mm-hmm. saying it but what has it been like
0: mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, the performance spaces really took off in doing a lot of virtual shows. And I dabbled a, a little bit in that and that was fun. I do love a live show. I think the way that I perform, I, I speak to a live audience more than I, I think I know how to in terms of making a video at home. There's um, so really a lot of playing to the audience that I enjoy, a lot mm-hmm. of eye contact. Um, and also, you know, I, I'm not a videographer, so I haven't the slightest idea how to really create a really great video. Um, but I don't think I did too shabby for the four that I put out this summer. Um, uh, but the pandemic really, you know, it definitely slowed down the opportunity for me to be on stage. Um, But I use the time to, you know, continue a lot of self-care and self-seeking. I, you know, (laughs) it's, it's hard to, it's hard to talk about the pandemic and not talk about the very pinnacle moments of the pandemic that I think really define the year of 2020, not just the pandemic, but I think like all of the events that happened around George Floyd um, and Breonna Taylor and countless other hard hitting moments of race issues. Um, I just I think I really had a hard time. And, you know, this is another part of of, of the, the layered part of this conversation, especially a layered conversation about me, in particularly is that, you know, I am not just a trans non binary human, but I am a, you know, black, Filipino, trans, non-binary human being. Um, And I really, this year really, um, really shed some light on how I have been moving in this world as a black person and how many opportunities have not been allotted to me because of that. Um, And also just like learning, like, I don't know, I don't really know, it's it's really, it's more difficult to talk about um, how hard it was to realize how alive and well racism really is in this world. and to tack that on to living in a world of transphobia um, just felt like I was like under so much weight all year of like, man, do I even go out, the, out my door? Um, I just have definitely felt like more unsafe this year than I think I've ever felt. Um, and a lot of that, you know, coming back to what I said in the beginning of like, community adding safety is because i didn't have my community. Mm-hmm. I was stuck at home, you know. Yeah, i had <sighs> my partner and we were home and and our home felt safe, but i couldn't be around other people. So i went from work to home and um that just that just really this is a really hard time, so i think that also being honest with oneself about like what time it's going to take to process and heal from the trauma that was 2020 in order to even think about getting back on stage to do stuff um, is probably something that I will be working on in 2021. And then maybe 2022 uh, we'll see Switch the Boy Wonder right back at their usual shenanigans, but I might need a little, um, honest time with myself about what even the story I would tell on stage would be right
1: now. Thank you for sharing that Parker. I I I know as an astrologer that you know the the night of, you know, George Floyd's murder coming out, I I cast a chart um, called America on fire because your, you know, your adult town of Minneapolis and St. Cloud, you know, you were you were in those spaces for so mm-hmm. long, and they represented safe spaces for you to grow into yourself. From what you shared, mm-hmm. and for them to be on fire, and just cities all over the country, in in, I'm. Mean, they were. I think they're. It makes sense. It makes sense that people were that pissed off and needed a catharsis or needed to be ways to express this rage. And we have a long way to go with the healing process of this of this culture of racism, of transphobia. Um, And I know someday, maybe for new generations to come that the work that we're doing now as individuals and as a collective, like you said, the community is so important in like oh, we're going to do trans equality education. And oh, we're going to, you know, and, and I'll, I'll post up some, I know Chicago has a great um, trans education center and they're, they're all over the country now, right? And there's, mm-hmm. it's, it's becoming more accessible and that, yeah, work environments need to train. Uh, we have to hold each other accountable as community members to make sure that no harm happens uh, to anyone, honestly. Right.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely, I agree.
1: I'm so so grateful for you. I mean, I thought we were gonna talk more about like the twin self and the shadow self and all of those types of things. Oh yeah, me too, I was actually
0: really geared up to talk about like,
1: (laughs) about all those things like, (laughs) but you know,
0: I mean, I think we just went where it was gonna lead us to. What,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, we can always get together and talk about that stuff too.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I really
0: am. I really am ready to geek out about about Gemini stuff. My my uh, my twin, my twin self. um,
1: I mean, I think that your story is such an expression of that, Parker. And and uh, I mean, Hermes, uh, Mercury, the ruling planet of Gemini and Virgo, is known as a transgender entity, a non-binary entity. Mercury, who moves between the spiritual realms and the earth realms and also the darker shadow realms. Uh, So, I mean, there's this navigation of all of these territories and you have done that throughout this conversation in expressing the shadow pieces, the darker periods of your life, when you've revealed yourself to yourself and, you know, finding painful transcendence I think mm-hmm. is what, what I received. So I, I feel like it was, it's, it's in the threads of the conversation. Um, <laughs> but I mean, did you ever feel like you had a, a twin self as a kid, you know, that this tomboy nature and, um, and finally revealing that to yourself, do you feel like that was the kind of shadow part of yourself that you couldn't see or that you knew was there, but you didn't know?
0: Uh, 100% Uh, definitely felt like, I had, I think I was obsessed with uh, um, having a twin in general and also like having um, multiple personalities, Um, anything about multiple personalities in movies or books I just read all the time because I was like, you know, I think I have different personalities and really it was just that I was just like, I just have, (laughs) I'm just a Gemini.
1: (laughs) The full uh, range of you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I do, um, I do have how uh, my, my, my dad used to give me such a hard time about how many best friends I had too. Cause you know, I would always be like, this person's my best friend and this person's my best friend.
1: <laughs> On different days of the week. Thanks, diff- yeah,
0: definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, Yeah, I definitely, um, as a kid, just, I was, I had a wild imagination. I I wanted to do, I wanted to do things that were, like, I had an older brother, so I wanted to do everything that he was doing, but I simultaneously wanted to hang out with my mom and my grandma and my aunts all the time. But I never felt like I was being allowed to, I, I always felt like I had to choose one or the other. You know, I never felt like I had to, I had an opportunity to be like, you can do both. Mm-hmm. You can do all the things. I think that's an unfortunate thing once when we aren't given the choice to enjoy everything, but it's like, um, why do I have to pick one or the other? You know, it's like going into an ice cream shop and being like, What toppings do you want? And you saying, can I have all of them? And having the person be like, yeah. And you're like, sweet. I don't have to make any choices. I can have them all. That's what I want. (laughs) You know, why would I pick two choices when there's like 10 in front of me? I want to try all of them.
1: But Oreos and gummy bears? No. No
0: No Oreos
1: and gummy bears on your ice cream? Oh. Cold gummy bears are not not my favorite. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I guess you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong, but
1: well,
0: maybe that, that gu- maybe gummy
1: bears on the side. <laughs> yeah, a little warm handful of them, little pocket yeah. gummy. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's. I mean, you know, with children, before you start tossing gender on them, which usually happens a lot sooner than later, but you know, kids when they they don't have. I guess the hormone function to sort of like, you know, I'm attracted to this or I feel aggressive towards that. But I mean, children are so non-binary and beautiful and, and, and they, they should be given those opportunities to sort of decide or like to, you know, to, to try all the things like you did do, you know, do the boys sports and the girls sports and, you know, and Mm -hmm. the knitting and the cooking and the hunting, like, why miss out on all that fullness, all those different things.
0: Yes. One of the things, too, is a Gemini child, and really learning more about Gemini, my Gemini self and what I've been learning that really defines kind of me as a whole is like a a Gemini love language. Yeah, so you know we can have all kinds of like different personality traits due to our signs and the things that we do or how we weave in how the world. but at least for me, like really what, what really shapes a lot of how I move in the world is how I'm able to love and how I am loved. And I feel like that is probably something as a kid that I didn't understand or get or know how to ask for. Um, And I think that has a lot to be said about you know, an, an ability to really use your voice and learn about who you are and what you need is like what you need in the love language. And if we could start asking for that stuff as kids, would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but we're often just told what we need, you know, this is how I love you. <laughs> now oh. shut up and eat your peas. <Yeah>.
1: I just, I I mean, I think that like the control issue that so many, I mean, I think all humans really struggle with is why we kind of make our kids do what we tell them to do instead of having a more consensual way of connecting with them. uh, Because it's easier to have, um, I don't know, like you can anticipate their responses and their reactions. And that's probably because their parents did that to them and their parents before them. And we got to break that control spiral as well. I mean there's there's just got to be different ways that we can offer up that love language, the way yeah. that you that you move. How how would you describe your your love language? You said the Gemini love language. <laughs> like, is it words of affirmation? I know that you love pictures and visuals and and uh you know the I guess words of affirmation like I said the talking piece.
0: It definitely has a, a lot to do with words I like to be told. Um,
1: you're lovable Parker. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs)
0: Um, But also just like I think being shown um, just being shown you know it's it's it feels good to be seen Um, and so if you're if you if you're family or your your person shows up to you in a way that you're like oh you totally see me you 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 brought me this this thing that I talked about 10 years ago and you you finally got it because you remember that I said I really wanted to have like a purple T-Rex stuffed animal when I was a kid and now you brought it for me you know it's like it's just like random things of just like holding on and remembering conversations and I really like to be like told and shown and held in a way that um, makes me feel like I'm being seen Yeah, Um, and I didn't really have that as a kid but I feel, I feel like I've been finding it where I need to find it as an adult, which is, and I also have the strength and the, the open throat chakra to ask for it, because I think that's also a part, part of it, right? It's, you have to, you have to tell people what you need uh, if you want to get it.
1: <laughs> right. No one's a mind reader.
0: <laughs> no one's a mind reader. <laughs>
1: Years Um, of therapy, (laughs) we'll get you to that. (laughs) (laughs) There's truth in that. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I just love that you continue to express yourself in like ways that make you feel fun and delightful. I mean, even with all the kind of sad stuff that we've been talking about today, but it's not sad as it is real. Like sure. you still like, I don't know, you always have the coolest shoes and I'm always like really <laughs> hyper jealous of your like shiny gold lame shoes or something. And, um, yeah. I think, I think that you, you of people that I know, know how to celebrate yourself in adulthood. Like you said, you'll be 48 soon. Yeah. It's like you, I mean, you're still 20 at heart. Like you're still six years old at heart. yeah And, and it's that perspective gain that you're like, oh, I can, you know, I can celebrate my inner child. I guess that's what I see from the outside. And I I love that. And that's what I learned from you. It's like, oh, I can get a fuzzy sweater just because it feels good, even if I don't wear it ever again.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, we have to stop being so rigid in things. Yeah. I mean, just do go get everything and anything that makes you feel good. Fuzzy sweaters, gold lame shoes buy as many white pairs of converses that you need because you don't want to clean the dirty ones (laughs) i said that on a podcast it's true and i'll keep doing it.
1: (laughs) no bleach and toothbrushes for parking no just
0: brand spanking new it makes me feel good to put brand spanking new shoes on and i will continue (laughs) to uh, afford myself that Gift,
1: (laughs) you heard it here, folks. Yeah, treat yourself.
0: Yeah, I mean, it did. It took me a long time to feel really good in the body that I'm in without clothes on. That I'm going to continue to put you know the cutest, best clothes on it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. At least that's what I'll just keep telling myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a spouse that might disagree with that.
1: <laughs> it's a process. Yeah. <laughs> Parker, thank you. I'm oh, not... <laughs> of
0: course. Thank you so much for having me, and for um, wanting to share this, the story. I hope that I hope we touch at least one person. <laughs>
1: That was Parker Haynes sharing their story. If you feel moved to support Parker and their ultra gift in sharing this, um, I will post Switch the Boy Wonders uh, Venmo up in the stories for uh, the podcast. But that's switch-the-boy-wonder. Switch the Boy Wonder. That's Parker Haynes. Um, I want to thank K Apothecary for, again, supporting this episode, this podcast. I could not do this work without the support of my audience. I really appreciate the donations, the Venmo, the text messages, the emails, the direct messaging. I really, I, I need it to keep moving. So I really, really appreciate your support. It's been a year learning to move from the physical realm to the virtual realm but it's given me a big opportunity to grow and to expand myself and flex muscles I didn't have before. So I appreciate you. Thank you for that. You can find and follow me at Lauren K. Hickman on Instagram. Uh, Subscribe to the show. I always have really amazing people on here and uh, you can always fast forward through the beginning monologues about the astrology reports and get down to the nitty gritty and hear other people's stories. They may not be famous, but they still are special, as are you. You are a precious being and your journey matters. So uh, take good care of you and stay inspired this Gemini season.